0: Crime does not pay.
1: <laughs> Look, baby, why don't you get smart?
0: This attitude don't get you nothing except maybe a pretty little map ball mashed in.
2: This attitude will get me plenty after you bring your boss here.
1: Listen to her. The gall of the frail. Hey, you don't think the boss will come to see you?
2: I know he will. After you give him my message.
1: Now we're a couple of messenger boys.
2: That's all you were in the first place. Now tell your boss this. Tell him I've got a racket that means dough. Real long green Mazuma. Got that?
1: Keep spailing, kid.
2: Tell him I know how he and I can get into the chips ten times over what he can pick up in this penny-ante-chiseling on card games. And tell him... Tell him I'm not too bad to look at. And he might do himself a lot of good just by dropping in on me, say, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm.
0: In the interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear Cards and Spades, starring Susan Douglas. Now, Crime Does Not Pay, starring Susan Douglas as June Hathaway in Cards and Spades. June Hathaway was sweet and pretty and cute. Make no mistake about that. The women who came to her apartment each afternoon thought of her either as a daughter or as they thought of themselves at her age. This was reasonable rationalization for women who sought some excuse for their infatuation with the sight of cards and the sound of the chips clicking against each other on the table. Where June had come from, where she was heading, were matters of no moment to these women. They were matters of great importance to June, whose sharp, cold eyes belied her sweet face for anyone who saw them at unguarded moments. June had a plan. The afternoon card game was only the beginning of that plan.
3: I'll raise five blue. Five and uh, five more call you, honey. There you are. Two pair. (laughs) Not good enough, darling. Full house. Oh, winning streak, eh? (laughs) One more deal. I've got to get some of it back. As it is, Dave's beginning to wonder. Oh, you too, honey. Mine wants to know where all the money goes. (laughs) Cost of living's always a good excuse. Not with Ralph. He follows the index in the paper every day. Whatever an index is.
2: Ah, uh, don't tell me, ladies, that the cost of living is an item among you. Oh, hello, June. Oh, June. After all, where well, one of you loses, the others win. Isn't that right? Right. I, mean, I suppose. So. I was sharing the wealth and having fun besides. You're right, June, darling. Absolutely right.
3: You're a bright girl, June. You'd have been a great success in business, I think. I couldn't wait for that. Me, a career girl with success at fifty? No, thanks. You are smart, though, June. Oh my goodness, four thirty already. I promised Dave I'd take him up with the car at five. Oh, excuse me, the door. One more hand, girls. That's all I have time for. I'll do. Don't hmm? well, make a move, sister. This what?
1: gun ain't no water pistol. You know what's good for you? You keep your traps shut. But I can't be... Shut up, you oh, hear? All right, ladies, this is a stick-up. Oh, no. Coach will be in the bedroom, Huey. Pick the good ones. Jack, Take your tables and the wallet. Double check. Yeah. yeah. Big game you're running here, sister. Yeah, not a bad hole. It
2: was a big game, you sap.
1: I got the coach four of them. Not bad. The rest are just dogs. Oh, my, oh, my, my God, God. my God. Right, God, Shut my up. Look. You're insured. Got the cash? Let's go. Got it. Let's ride.
2: June, call the police, Chris. for pity's sake. Oh, you've, you've got to call. Crazy. I you want, want to call. your names in the papers. I want my fur coat back. Do you, you want to go to jail for illegal gambling? Do you, any of you? Oh, I didn't think of that. Well, no, I didn't think so. All right, ladies. Cash your chips. The base play's over. <laughs> You two again.
1: Yeah. Us two. Ain't hey, glad to see us, kid.
2: Like an epidemic of smallpox, I'm glad to see you.
1: Well, that ain't nice, baby.
2: With mugs like you, I don't have to be nice.
1: Ah, don't be like that, kid i come back to tell you, you ought to have protection. Yeah, mm. you're from mugs like us who bust up card games. After all, it gets around your game is stuck up every week. that dames ain't going to come to play with you, sister.
2: I had a decent living out of this. You fatheads bust in, scare away the pigeons. It'll take me a month to build up the business again. I ought to make you give me a cut of what you snagged out of here today.
1: We don't give no cuts. You cut us in, and our boss. He wants you should pay some insurance premiums. <laughs> Hold-up insurance.
2: Not a dime. Not one thin dime.
1: You want to run a game, you give us 25%. We collect regular. Every Saturday.
2: No bad man gets a cent from me. I build this business by myself. I'm keeping what I make.
1: What a shame. And she's a cutie, too. Now, look, sister. Grow up. The boss controls gambling in this burg. Everybody pays.
2: Not me. I have nothing to pay with. You spoiled the whole deal this afternoon. Are
1: you Are going to pay?
2: You heard me. I'll say it again. No. N-O. No.
1: Look, baby, why don't you get
0: smart? This attitude don't get you nothing. Except maybe your pretty little map ball mashed in.
2: This attitude will get me plenty. After you bring your boss here.
0: Well, listen to her.
1: The garland is frail. Hey, you don't think the boss will come to see you.
2: I know he will. After you give him my message.
1: Now we're a couple of messengers boys.
2: That's all you were in the first place. Now you tell your boss this. Tell him I've got a racket that means dough. Real long green mazuma. Got that? Keep
1: spailing, kid.
2: Tell him I know how he and I can get into the chips ten times over what he can pick up in this penny-ante chiseling on card games. And tell him... Tell him I'm not too bad to look at. And he might do himself a lot of good just by dropping in on me, say, uh, tomorrow night. <laughs>
1: have better judgment than I thought.
2: What do you want?
1: I want in, first of all. And then? Then we'll see. Look, uh, Miss Hathaway, are you going to keep me standing in the hall all evening?
2: You know my name.
1: (laughs) I'm Dick Moorhead, known to you by way of Gus and Huey as the boss.
2: I thought so. I expected Gus and uh, Huey with you.
1: They're with me, downstairs in the car.
2: Come in. Thanks. Sit down. I
1: don't mind if I do. Drink. No, Alex, I never drink at a business conference.
2: Then uh, start the conference.
1: You had my offer yesterday.
2: Oh, there was no offer. That was an insult.
1: Snappy, aren't you? Do you have a counterproposal?
2: proposal mm, I may have, if you agree on what basis we're going to talk.
1: What do you mean, what basis?
2: Are you still pointing a gun at me?
1: <sighs> I'm not even carrying one. Want to search me?
2: I'll take your word for it.
1: Ah, Go on.
2: Are we talking as equals?
1: Ah, Gus was right. You do have gall. I run gambling in this town by disposition of a syndicate. You run or ran a card game, and you want to talk as equals?
2: Maybe <laughs> you are the boss. I don't think you're so bright.
1: Oh, you don't?
2: Mm, bright boys don't kill the goose, they collect the golden eggs.
1: All right, as equals. What's your proposal?
2: That we go partners.
1: On what? Your game? Oh,
2: that's chicken feed. What, then? On what can come out of my game. Ender doesn't like it.
1: Well, maybe you better draw a blueprint.
2: Well, it begins to look like it. Look, Richard.
1: Uh, the name's Dick. Richard has been a fighting word as long as I can remember.
2: All right, look, Dick. Ninety-nine percent of the women who play in my game or did play in it are afraid of their husbands.
1: <laughs> Ideal situation. No
2: jokes. They're afraid, but not the way you're thinking. They don't want their husbands to know what they're up to in the afternoon.
1: I think I'm beginning to understand. There's
2: more to it. We might make them pay off a little on a deal like that, but they'll pay off a lot more, and in a lot of other ways, if they lose heavily once in a while.
1: Junie, you're a genius.
2: No, No, I just happen to know my own gender.
1: Now that you've given me the idea, what do I need you for?
2: (laughs) The women trust me. They know me. I look too innocent, too sweet to be bad. They'll never trust a man like you.
1: What do you need me for?
2: The strong arm end, when necessary, and lays on with the syndicate.
1: Junie, you're a honey. You're beautiful. And you're smart. How did you get to learn all these tricks?
2: I was born in the jungle. I survived. I saw the other girls and what they were up against. I figured not to be trapped behind a typewriter or in a laundry. And I don't care for the usual career.
1: So you used your brains? I try. You've got a deal partner?
2: I thought I would have.
1: Now, how about that drink?
2: Uh, the uh, business conference over? It's over. And the social side of our relationship begins?
1: I think it does, if you want it that way.
2: <laughs> Why not? Make yourself at home. Oh, the liquor's in that cabinet over there. You might as well know where everything is around here. I imagine you'll be coming back fairly regularly.
1: Yeah. Take your hands off me. Who oh, do you think you are? Oh, shut up. You wanted the Forsyth and Kirby dames, Miss Hathaway. Boss, you got them. So I see. Okay, wait outside, Gus. Check. What's the meaning of this? You'll find out. I
3: demand to know. Mysterious phone calls. Hoodlums bringing us here in a closed car. This strange man. Really, June, you'd better explain. I think you'd better explain
2: this, Mrs. Kirby. Dorothy.
1: That check. Quiet, Mrs. Forsythe. Your turn will come.
2: I... I lost heavily. I gave June a check. Which I checked on before I cashed it, or tried to cash it. You have no account in this bank, Mrs. Kirby. You can't
3: collect on a gambling debt in this state. My husband's a lawyer, and I'm...
1: Can't we, Mrs. Kirby?
2: And now you, Mrs. Forsythe. I'm paid up. You haven't anything you can charge me with. Except the fact that you're deathly afraid your husband will find out how much money you've been losing. I don't care if he does. Uh, Call up, Mr. Forsyth. Dick, the number's Jefferson 56703. No. No, don't call him, for pity's sake. It's as much as my marriage is worth. How much is your marriage worth, Mrs. Forsythe? What do you want? Money. Lots of it. About as much each week as you've been losing. But you'll have to keep on playing, too. I can't. I haven't got it. But you'll get it, won't you? Won't you, Dick?
1: I think so. I know that phone number now.
2: All right. I'll try. What... What do you want from me? You have friends, Mrs. Kirby? My friends? They'll enjoy an occasional game of cards. You want me We
1: We call them... Steerers in cruder places, Mrs. Kirby. You are going to steer for us.
3: I won't. That is, I... I can't. I can't. I'll lose my friends. You'll fleece them just as you fleeced us. I can't.
2: I can't. Oh, but you will, Mrs. Kirby. (laughs) You will. You'd rather have them go through the nose than go through a scandal yourself, wouldn't you? And a bad check is nasty, Mrs. Kirby. Very, very (laughs) nasty. You can't, but you will, Mrs. Kirby. You know that just as well as I do.
0: In just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with Cards and Spades. Now we continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Susan Douglas as June Hathaway in Cards and Spades. The racket worked, and with great success. The women caught in June's web, the mainstay of which was their own desire for the excitement of gambling. The women paid, and in many ways. Beginning with Dorothy Kirby and the friends she brought, June and Dick expanded their activities. For the victims, fear became the dominant feeling of their lives. For June and Dick, power and more power. Money and more money became the prime motives. But even these activities can reach a saturation point for the victims. Margaret Forsyth reached that point the morning she came to pay her fifth installment to June.
2: All right, Mrs. Forsyth, just leave the money. I have a busy morning. Your friend Mrs. Kirby is due shortly. I thought you might take something in place of money. From you? The distinguished Mrs. Forsythe? Hardly. I, I've come to give you. Yes, the money. You have it in your bag, Mrs. Forsythe. I can't.
3: I won't. I've stood it for five weeks. I've gone on my own savings. But my husband's getting more and more
2: suspicious. I'm through. I'm finished. Do what you think you can to me. Try anything. You can't get blood out of a stone. Never mind the histrionics. Just open your bag and pay, and then get out. All right.
3: I'll open my bag.
2: I'll pay you. I'll pay you exactly what you deserve. I see. A dainty little automatic. Pearl handle, too. A real lady's gun. Only you won't pull the trigger. You haven't the nerve. I will. I will. Give me that gun, Mrs. Ford. Stay Stein. away from me. Stay away from me. You Push your pleasure, Julie. Yes, I did, Gus. Uh, take it away from her.
1: With pleasure. No, keep away. I'll shoot.
2: I'll shoot.
1: There you are, kid. Huh, loaded, too.
2: Yes, I thought it would be.
1: What do you want I should do with the dame?
2: Oh, teach her a lesson, Gus. Try to leave as few marks as possible.
1: Oh, that's easy. No! Don't touch easy. me! Don't touch me! I wouldn't want I should mark her
2: face. So I
1: twist her arm. Like this. And then I give her the knee. Like this.
2: And then... I Margaret! Watch closely, Mrs. Kirby, and I'll be a pencil for you.
1: And then I throws her down like this. When she don't stop yelling, I use my little piece of rubber hole. Oh. Oh. Oh.
3: Oh. I'll be quiet. Okay. I
2: will be quiet. Much oh. oh, better. Mm. Much better. Well, Mrs. Kirby. I
3: I came to report.
2: Yes, get on with it. I I can't. Margaret. Never mind, Margaret, Dorothy, dear. How many friends are you bringing here this afternoon? Uh, three. No, no, four.
3: But I don't want to. I'm afraid. Uh, Margaret's
2: very unhappy just now, Dorothy, isn't she? Isn't she? Now, how many did you say you were bringing to our little game this afternoon, dear?
3: Yes, Dave. Yes, it's me. Where have you been? Out with the girls.
4: That's what you've been saying for weeks. Which girls?
3: I won't be cross-questioned, Dave.
4: Oh, you won't. Well, suppose I say I won't accept the kind of life you've been living and making me live these past weeks.
3: Really, Dave, this attitude... Attitude?
4: Attitude? Night after night, I come home to an empty house to obviously dissatisfied servants to a house that's no longer a home, and I have an attitude... You
3: might let me take my coat off before you start shouting. It's got to stop.
4: These afternoon gallivantings have got to stop.
3: Oh. I'm... I'm to be a prisoner, is that Stop it?
4: it, Dorothy. I don't know what you're up to. But what
3: do you mean by that?
4: I happened to make a phone call today to your friend Janice. She hasn't seen you all week. And you told me on Tuesday and Wednesday both that you were spending the afternoons with her.
3: She... She must have forgotten.
4: She's telling the truth.
3: I won't have you calling my friends behind my back.
4: What are you doing behind my back?
3: You've no right to Apparently, say that.
4: Apparently, I have no right to decently run home either.
3: Dave. Oh, Dave, I'm so upset. I... I don't know what I'm saying.
4: That act won't work either. Next thing you'll say is your best friend was run over and she's in the hospital. And that's where you were.
3: I did take Margaret to the hospital. Oh, stop
4: it. It's no go, Dorothy. She probably is there or you wouldn't dare try to get me to believe you'd been with her.
3: Oh, Dave. Dave, if I only could say...
4: See here, Dorothy. I don't know what's going on. But I'm going to find out. And if you won't tell me, I'll find out some other way. That's a warning, Dorothy. Don't forget it.
1: You, uh, sent for me, Mr. Kirby? I'm here.
4: Billings. I understand you're a reliable man in your profession.
1: Reliable and, uh, discreet. Good. I want
4: you to trail my wife every afternoon. Until you're positive, you know where she spends her time. And, uh... With whom? Not necessarily. After you've found out where, we'll both go to see with whom. I believe that's the usual procedure in these cases, isn't it?
1: Well, sometimes the husband ain't anxious to go along, but if you want it that way, that's the way you can have it, Mr. Kirby.
2: I don't like it, Dick. I'm worried about it. About what? The
1: Kirby Dane? Yes, the Kirby. Oh, she's bringing in her friends. She's doing what we tell her. She's
2: too docile.
1: (laughs) You bet she's docile. Well, you told me yourself. She she saw Gus operate on the Forsythe. The
2: Forsythe was quiet, too, before she broke loose.
1: And we taught her the time of day. (laughs) I wonder how she explained the busted ribs to her husband. I still don't like it. Quit worrying, honey. Everything's copacetic. And the dough's rolling in. Besides, geniuses don't ever worry, and you're a genius. I told you that. First time we got together. Hello? Mr. Kirby? Yes? Joe Billings here. We got her cold. Where? Swank apartment on the boulevard. You want us to go in today?
4: The sooner the better. Who's us?
1: Me and a photographer. Pictures are good evidence,
4: Case. I wouldn't know about that.
1: Well, you want us to go ahead?
4: Uh, wait for me. I want to go along. Where shall I meet you?
1: We're in a drugstore at 9th and the Boulevard. We'll wait for you here.
4: I'll be right over. Why all the mystery, Billing? Do private detectives usually operate this way?
1: We have to in buildings like this couldn't get past the front desk without being announced. That wouldn't do us much good, would it? Hardly. So, the service elevator, Mr. Kirby, which we run ourselves. Standard practice. Hmm. 10-4, Mr. Kirby. Here we are.
4: Yes. Yeah, so I see.
1: I uh, know it ain't pleasant, Mr. Kirby, but you got to face facts, I suppose.
4: I suppose so. That's what makes business for the men in your profession.
1: To the right here, 10-F. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Kirby.
4: Still, no matter how you look at it, it's not amusing.
1: Okay. Now, everybody know what the deal is?
4: Yes, sir. All right. Now, let's see. You want me to follow you in and say, that's my wife, and then your friend here shoots the picture. Check.
1: Okay. Here we go.
2: Who are you? What do you want? It's
1: a raid, lady.
0: Don't try and stop us. Out the
2: us. back way, everybody. It's a raid.
0: It's a gambling Watch
2: oh, 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 Dorothy. Dorothy. Dorothy, don't run away. Dick, he took a picture. Get the camera. I think this is a divorce
1: raid or something.
2: Oh, Mr. Kirby, look out. He's got a gun.
1: Oh, all right. Let the women go. But you stay here.
2: She put her husband up to this. Kirby put her husband up to her. I didn't. I didn't. I say you did. Hold the gun on the men, Dick. Keep oh, away from my, my wife. i telling you. Don't touch me. Don't touch I, me.
0: All right, fellas. Come on, Let's go.
1: Here. What's going on here? It's the Drop the gun, Moorhead. We know you. Oh! You should have known better, Moorhead. Maybe you'll learn in the can. I know what's going on here gambling, roulette, everything. You can't prove a thing. Were these witnesses? Are you kidding, sister? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a laugh. We've been watching this joint for weeks. Suddenly there's a riot and we walk in on the need of sucker layout in town. Let's go, everybody. I
2: want a lawyer.
1: You've got no warrant. You can't do this. You'll pay. You'll all pay. Cut it out, sister. Your boyfriend pulled the gun. That's all I need. Now get going. There's a free ride waiting for you with a one-way ticket. Come on, sister. Move.
0: Crime does not pay. <laughs> Susan Douglas, who starred as June Hathaway in Cards and Spades, will be back with you in just a moment. Here in person is Susan Douglas.
2: There's no doubt in my mind that June Hathaway knew exactly what she was doing. There is some doubt in my mind that she knew why she was doing it. June never examined the causes of her basic insecurity, the causes of the drive for money, money through any means, which brought her to cooperation with Dick Moorhead and eventual catastrophe. But it took more than June's schemes to bring about the events of this story. The necessary additional ingredient was the weakness of her victims. The craving for the excitement, the surrender to the temptation of the green table and the bright pasteboards. Without such help, without both sides of this story, there would have been no tears, no shame, no violence. For all concerned, for all those involved, including the victims, it can be said in all these cases, crime does not pay.
0: Thank you, Miss Douglas. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Marx B. Lowe, with music composed and conducted by John Garth. Technical consultant is Burton B. Turkis. The events, characters, and names used in the story you have just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. <laughs>